Hello, everyone. This is Tijan Jenko. I am Master Certified Coach and Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach. This is Coaching with Mastery and Elegance with Tijan Jenko, and I have beautiful Marta Regalado with me. Welcome, Marta. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for that warm welcome, Tijan. Always lovely to partner up with you on these podcasts. And where are we going to go in this session, Marta? So today we're going to talk about chemistry sessions. And I think chemistry sessions are something that can be challenging for a lot of coaches. I think coaches feel a lot of pressure around chemistry sessions, how to hold a successful chemistry session, how to uncover red flags, how to determine if a client is coachable or not, while also managing, I think, how they are kind of their own expectations to kind of show the client what kind of coach they are. So I think there's a lot of things that happen, you know, in a chemistry session that are can be challenging for a coach. So in order to get us started, I would love to ask you, what is the intention? So we can really understand this. What is the intention behind a chemistry session? So obviously the initial touch point with the client uh, can be called different things. I, in my practice, call it chemistry session, not an intake session or anything else. Because to me, assessing the chemistry between the coach and the client is one of the most important things. Are we a good match to work together? In many ways, the skill-wise, the niche-wise, the energy-wise, integrity-wise, the value-wise. So, um, therefore, my intention in my practice to meet someone the first time is to understand multiple things. Are we a good match? as I shared earlier in multiple avenues to work together with and also to understand, as you mentioned in the beginning, the client's capacity to be coached, client's needs and authenticity around that to be coached because it can be uh, different, especially if the engagement is being sponsored by mm -hmm. another party. So those will be the important things that I could get us started with thoughts on that. Yeah, so it sounds like determining if, you know, the client and the coach are a good fit and determining or understanding the client's coachability. So if we can start with one and then go to the other, how do we understand if the client is a good fit or not? I think that as we get into the discussions, needs discussion, what brings you into this coaching session or engagement? What are you looking for? Where do you want to go? These sort of probing open-ended questions will give us some ideas on what clients is looking for. Then inviting the coach to their authentic self and honesty 
will get them to understand is that engagement, um, will that engagement be a good fit or not? Because let's say that in the beginning, we all been through that. We don't have, when we don't have too many options as the clients, we tend to want to take everybody in. And that continues when the coaches have lesser clients and they want to make some money, then they may not necessarily see these discords between the clients' needs and who they are or what they can offer. So I think that the showing up as authentically, as integrous as we can be, will give us those information. Yeah, so definitely that need for integrity and showing up authentically. And I'm curious, as a coach, how do we show up authentically? Because I'm picturing the nerves and the pressure and what does that look like? Absolutely. And just to remind again to the audience, this is Coaching with Tijanchenko, right? I am not a person who will tell you push the client be the salesperson and do this that and make marketing spiels i will tell you show up authentically and who you are and share that and your authenticity and what you know your coaching to be depends on your clarity as you know that i work with coaches uh, to establish their brand and niche and and you're doing similar work as well um the know, knowing the thyself who are you what skill sets do you carry and what evidence based methods are you trained on and how much of those you're flu are you fluent in them what kind of mindfulness techniques do you know and embodied that you can bring forward into the sessions and what are you um what is your uh, natural attracting client base and all that are important what are coming what might be the things that um supporting your authenticity in a session yeah i think what you said is so key to really to understand yourself, to know yourself, understand yourself, to really know what is it that you offer as a coach and who is a really good fit for you. And I think that comes with experience. And at the beginning, you know, I remember having finished my coach training and not really knowing, you know, so who's a good fit, you know, not really knowing who am I as a coach. And, and it all comes back to really to your essence and, you know, knowing, okay, what are, what are my strengths? What are my values? And like you said, what is like, what's my skill set? What can I offer? And is this person, is there a values fit? Are they looking for the strengths, you know, that I have that I can share and the energy that I can bring to a session? And I think there's also a big part is kind of the, the trust and rapport. You know, do you feel that? Is there kind of like a match with your, your personalities? I think that that could be another part of it. 
Absolutely. Just want to add one more thing. Thank you for sharing that. Sometimes that it is okay to take the clients they are going to stretch us in our skill sets, in our um, helping us to find our edges so that not necessarily using another person <laughs> in a guinea pig, but knowing where our edges are and then growing into them. What I say to some of my students, I believe I also had this discussion with you, Marta, offering them to take those stretch assignments and coming to me or another person as a mentor as they go through those assignments. That is okay as long as you know that is a stretch assignments that client is going to really push you <laughs> in many ways. So I am curious, how do you know when it's the stretch assignment? And is there an, an example from your coaching life that you would like to share? I, um, I actually... Pretty much like my students have been with me for a while that they all stretch me in, in different ways, <laughs> asking me about um, areas that I need to offer training where I am not ready just yet. I, I am fluent in knowing them, but not necessarily fluent in uh, having the materials to teach them and so on. So um, I think by nature, I attract the people that they want to find their edges and go beyond them. So therefore, pretty much all of my clientele are stretchers. <laughs> but um, I think that recently what I'm finding with my um, clients in the veteran population, that there is a lot of potentiality for them to know themselves, yet it is harder for them to step into that through the traumas they experienced. And they are also in the high degree executive positions that, so balancing the sessions with the items are more at the superficial level for them to accomplish as the executive at the same time, inviting them to know themselves is a stretch lately. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And I'm curious, that kind of goes into a client's coachability. And how do you determine if they are coachable or not? Yeah, for me, the coachability comes with the three distinctive quality that client's capacity, which is often non-present in many cultures that people tend to overload themselves and their schedule. Change requires times, time and space. And therefore, 
most of the people don't have the capacity to change because their resources are limited. There is a lot of things happening, competing their resources um, to stay still, to observe and, and shift. The second thing that I look at their will, willingness. Do they have the, uh, the strength in the belly? Can they move themselves through a change? What was their resilience in this before? What is their response to change? And um, people generally put others ahead of themselves and distorted view of their gifts and skill sets often actually lack in both the capacity and the wealth because mm -hmm. they are going to not prioritize themselves. That's going to impact their capacity and um, there will also be impacted for the self directed change that um, because they may have a distorted view of I'm not good, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, and so on. And uh, the more superficial things, they may have two different view of the self that if they are so action oriented, they can see that, understand tactilely that they can do some things. But in this sort of change work requires understanding of the self internally, they may not develop enough well to see it. And then the third is the readiness that they may have capacity and will that, but are they ready? They may like the idea, mm -hmm. but are they ready to see themselves in that space? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a lot to determine there in that. And I know your chemistry sessions, I, if I remember correctly, are 30 minutes long. Correct. So 20 it sounds like 30. Yeah. 20 to 30. So it sounds like quite an art form to be able to understand all of this in 20 to 30 minutes with someone that you just met. Correct. I actually scheduled them 20 minutes. If there is a need, we can extend. But mm -hmm. just even asking one question or listening the way they explain what they're looking for. And this is the, the way I teach that um, holistic listening, Jenko method, holistic listening. You can understand their values. You can understand their capacity. You can understand their needs that their choice of words are going to tell me a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it almost sounds like that's where the NLP comes in. Correct. Your training. <laughs> <laughs> My training, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm curious, I know you're coaching, you know, you talk about in your book, you know, there's transactional coaching and there's transcendental coaching, which are transformative coaching, which is what you do and I'm curious if someone comes in really wanting transactional coaching and how or if you help them understand that, you know, it's not about transactional coaching, but it goes, you know, far beyond. 
Absolutely. I put my feelers on. Let's say that you came to me and say, I want you to coach me about making sure my children are doing their homework on time and it's taking up my time. (laughs) (laughs) So then I will say to you, for example, what makes you want to be in control of the children's homework responsibility rather than relating them in a different way to support their growth towards self-regulation. That question, your answer to that question is going to not only tell me whether we are a good match, but also going to awaken something in you about, oh, I never thought of it that way. And and what is that? And, And then I will say to you, well, if we were to work together, then we can explore those along with what you need to do. You see now you're getting a taste of it without really getting coached. How is that? Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And as you say, getting a taste of it without being coached, you know, I, from what I remember, you don't offer a taste of coaching necessarily. Now we're going to coach for 10 minutes, you know, so the client can experience that. And I'm curious, and it sounds like, you know, you're weaving it in. Correct. I don't coach, but I get you taste how that experience is going to be like. Yeah. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on someone who does, you know, bring in an actual like 10, 15 minute coaching session so the clients can see, okay, this is what coaching is like. What are your thoughts on that? It depends on everybody's practice. I don't charge for the chemistry session because it is as important to me as the client. And therefore, I am not coaching. And what I find is that people coaching somebody 10 minutes isn't going to be effective for many coaches, as we know. (laughs) That requires that level of precision to be able Mm -hmm. to coach that way. So then it can turn into an hour session. Uh, And then what I see sometimes that people are, some people are looking for free sessions, not necessarily a coaching engagement. Mm -hmm. And, And I love honoring people along with honoring myself. So therefore, I find that 20 minutes is a good time for an exchange with a stranger (laughs) to understand and and do that. If people feel comfortable coaching and giving them the taste, it's again, it's a different people can do different practices. It's just not in mine because of these reasons that I shared. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, there, it requires a lot of precision. And I, for me, one of my biggest challenges as a coach is time management. 
you know, oh, I struggle with that. So I can imagine that being an issue for me if I were to bring, you know, do a, a kind of coaching session within a chemistry session. Yeah. yeah. And I also like to keep it clean, things clean. If it is a chemistry session, it is a chemistry session. If it mm-hmm. is a strategy session, it's a strategy set, setting session. If it is a coaching session, it's a coaching session. So it doesn't blur between different things mm-hmm. for the client, make it clear for them. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of clarity is involved in general. Clarity about who you are as a coach, who's a good fit for you, how you hold the session, what you offer in the session. Yeah. In in my methodology, it does. Yeah. As you know, that there are some established coaches that they schedule the first session 90 minutes, charge that to the client. I mean, Another thing for me is that I do not wish to take anybody's money unless they are happy and confident to be with me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's where that sense of integrity comes in and the importance of of putting that at the forefront. Correct. So I don't want to take somebody's money when I don't know who they are and what they want and all that. Right, right. What their needs are, what they're looking for. Um, so I'm curious, you know, let's say, you know, you have, you hold your, your chemistry session and you realize it's not a good fit. How do you communicate that to this person? It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that seems like there's a disconnect between our value systems. And I don't believe that I will be a good match for you as a coach. Mm-hmm. And then you can refer that if you know somebody that they are going to be a good match. Um, if you don't know, then you can send them to the respected coach organizations for them to find other uh, coaches such as ICF website has a whole bunch of coaches listed, uh, NBHWC National Board Certified Coaches has that their listings. So you can send them to another person. To- yeah. yeah, of course. And, and it sounds so, so clear and so obvious. Of course, the recovering people pleaser in me is like, oh, how could I do that? But it is, it's about being, acting in integrity and with honesty. It's not a good match and offering them resources. You could look here, you could look over there. And also I feel like, you know, in the coach community, like we know a lot of coaches and we know their style of coaching and you can also put people together. Correct. And um, uh, there can be many different uh, non-matching situations. Maybe your integrity and ethics are going to match, but the price range mm-hmm. um, or the time zone. I've been getting a whole bunch of requests lately from China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> time difference between um, Eastern time and Beijing time is 13 hours. So... 
right there may be different things can get in the way besides just that um the ethics and integrity and and um the background wise matchability yeah so yeah it sounds like the logistics i hadn't thought of that but of course definitely yeah um so i'm curious we've talked a little bit about this but i want to hear a little bit more about what the coach's role is in this chemistry session i know there's a lot of like kind of going in and really trying to understand what the client is looking for what they need what they want and determining whether that's a good fit is there anything else regarding the person's role all those things we mentioned and you just summarized are coach's role as a coach then coach needs to be also a contractual person explaining the contractual details and legalities and other things to the client, what is coaching, what is not coaching, what um, if there is a need for it, that um, confidentiality agreement and um, if there is, they are also going through therapy that needs to be discussed and all that. And then coach also plays a role as their business development person that I shared my way of doing this, that there is also coach needs to inform the client about their skill sets their business offerings, their service offerings, and how they are, and how that can give them a taste of those, whether that may mean that they will do a brief coaching session or extended coaching session or explain them in a way. What I do normally is I weave it in that if they're telling me I'm a newly established coach, don't know how to find my brand and niche, then I will say, well, I work with a lot of people on that. I also have courses and these are the things that are common. So I show my knowledge weaving in as a response to what they are telling me. So those are the two other roles that the coach plays in the chemistry session, not necessarily in a particular order. but uh, flipping between all that. Yeah. And you mentioned something you mentioned, you know, describing what is coaching and what is not coaching. And I'm curious how you describe coaching, because I think describing coaching can sound very abstract if you haven't experienced it. It's, you know, where someone gets into it, you know, it's a client led approach and you know, ask questions, make reflections. I'm curious how you describe it so a person can really understand that they are not going to be given advice. They're not going to be told what to do. How does, how do you do that? The the way I teach this in the academic environment is that I ask my students to get familiar with the definition of coaching by ICF and the solution-focused coaching and develop a an, an elevator speech for them until they feel comfortable and make that their own. 
So the way I describe it is that I will say coaching is a self-directed change in partnership with another human being that is listening to you as humanly as possible in an objective way and presenting to you what things might be in your blind spot, how much you change, how far you go, how deeply you change is all your choice. Mm -hmm. And you are empowered to utilize this relationship towards the change you wish to establish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if the client were to dig in a little bit further and ask, what do you mean by self-directed? You know, yeah, that the change needs to be initiated within the person, they are selves, and then that um, whatever that is going to be help them towards that change will become the part of the coaching conversations. For example, then I will, based on what I'm hearing, I will th say they are patterns that I pick up on, such as I'm not good enough, I I need to be perfect or whatever that these things might be getting in your way and we will work on those. Mm. And how would you describe what coaching is not? I think it's easier than what coaching is, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully for some people. Right, coaching. A lot of people often have relationship to the mentoring or advice giving based on their culture. For example, if I'm meeting you, Marta, <laughs> I will tell you. Um, how do you feel when people try to tell you what to do in your culture? Oh my gosh, I hate it. <laughs> it is. So, I hate it. So then I will tell you, well, then it's not gonna be that, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 when are you receptive? So I will ask you these questions to get it, throw it out of you. When are you receptive of partnering with somebody towards what you want to do? Then you will tell me, and then I will say, here are the things that you didn't like, and those are the things that are not coaching. Yeah. 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 And, and it's interesting because they say about, you know, that people, they want, like, there's a big part of people, like they don't want anyone to tell them what to do. And then there's a part that they're like, yes, I want someone to tell me what to do until they experience coaching. And then they realize, wow, you know, this is so empowering. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. I want to figure it out on my own. Yes, for most people. And there are some people that they are not emotionally ready to take the mm -hmm. position of being a responsible adult. Those people also have a relationship to the victim archetype. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they may, and, and again, we talked about pushing the coaches. So if the let's say that somebody with the victim archetype shows up for a coach wanting to rescue everybody you see the dynamic yes, yes. <laughs> so that will be the meeting coach meets their edge 
to not to jump in and tell the client, rescue the client, what to do and make them feel better and, and so on. So those are the things I listen as an assessor. <laughs> as a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you need to know, like, what are your triggers? Absolutely. You know, what are your blind spots as a coach that you need to look out for? And as we talk about that, I'm curious, how do you look out for red flags? How do you spot those? Again, our biggest skill set is listening, right? That if the client, for example, telling me, oh, I feel depressed about it, don't dismiss that because we don't know the depth of it, right? We want to also understand clients, again, needing to be validated, needing to be rescued, needing. Sometimes I see as a mentor in my assessments that, um, Clients can come to the sessions to self-validate their victimhood. Mm -hmm. They're not interested in change at all. They are interested in someone else is telling them this is too much. It's not possible or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so those are the things can come in. So we really need to mental health can be very wide spectrum and the coachability then get in there. So um, there some things are going to be yellow flags, such as those uh, clients' tendencies and, and all that. But some things are going to be in a harder space, such as physical health, such as mental health, such as um, clients' uh, autonomy and... Um, and then there are also other things such as conflict of interest and mm -hmm. coaches' objectivity. Yeah. So it almost sounds like it's, it's a good idea for coaches to really know, like, what are those red flags? And how do you determine, is it a yellow flag or is it a red flag? And I feel like going back to one's training, you know, we spend a lot of time on red flags and feeling comfortable determining, is this a red flag and how to proceed if it is absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah um, and I would say that pay more attention to those in the sponsored engagement because uh, sometimes the yellow and the red flags can show up re inter uh, relationship between the coachee and the sponsor yes yes I can see how that can be that can be trickier that can be um, and I'm curious, like for a coach who's like, you know, I'm not quite sure what these red flags are. Is there a place on, let's say, the ICF website? Is there a resource or the NBHWC where it says this is what you need to look out for? I think that um, ICF has available free ethics courses that they are not necessarily specifically giving them a red flag list. But mm -hmm. it is a good educational video that people can watch. NBHWC, I don't believe they have resources, but um, people can go to uh, governments. Uh, we are in the, I'm in the United States, that there are certain government websites that speaks about um, mental health and all that people can look into those lists without me giving specific information because they can be updated and different 
for physical health, mental health, and emotional health and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that. I think that's helpful for coaches to know, okay, I can, you know, look for these resources and that'll, I can feel more, more at ease, mm -hmm. you know, knowing this. Um, so I am curious, would you like to run us through how you hold a chemistry session, kind of like step-by-step? Um, sure, I welcome the person and then I ask them in my actually booking software that they are answering me already about uh, their relationship to coaching. So based on that, I ask questions. I don't like asking people questions more than once. <laughs> so... Um, the key is for me to understand what their relationship to coaching was. Have they been through coaching relationship and not? If they haven't, then I need to spend more time educating them what coaching is. If they have, then I need to understand what was that coaching relationship and was that really a coaching or a mentoring that is called coaching? Or, or advice giving that is called coaching. I need to understand that. And then I will understand um, the style of the person that they had coaching relationship with and what was the reason it was ended and why they are looking for another coach, if that's that. So there are information I need to collect. And then... Based on the answers of the, those, then I will ask them that whether they would like to share with me their needs or they like to know more about um, the coaching, how the coaching relationship is going to work, how the coaching sessions are going to work. And if they have questions about my background, I give them the choice where to start. Often, people like to tell me what they are looking for and they like to be heard. So then I'm listening and reflecting, showing them how I understood what they are looking for. Mm -hmm. And I weave in what a, um, a sensation, I create a sensation for them that uh, gives them an idea how our sessions are going to be like the experience coaching experience is going to be like when they are with me i will also give information about relevant other coaching experiences in my clients and then i will ask probing questions around their coachability I will ask their questions about their tendencies, how they actually trip themselves up when they want to change and get something they want. I will understand those. And then I will ask some questions around how they relate to other people, because whatever their relationship tendencies are, they are also going to be in our relationship. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> if they are for example not trusting people 
they're also going to not trust me at some point. Mm -hmm. It will be good for me to know all that. And then I will share some of that. I will not share some of that. <laughs> and then at the end, then I will ask them what else they may need to know that will be supportive of their decision-making process and when they may like to make the decision. I don't ask anything else. I don't discuss anything else. And um, that is pro pretty much how I run that session. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, it sounds like such an art form. And what's coming up for me, I am curious, at least from my knowledge, I don't think you have, have you done a course on just really focusing on chemistry sessions and helping coaches learn how to conduct a chemistry session and practice running chemistry sessions? Is that something you've done? I have two years ago, I had a workshop and that people can actually reach out to me to purchase that on demand if they are interested. I don't know when I will have time again to <laughs> run but I mean I teach this in the academic environment but I in my own uh, calendar I don't always have time to do it and, and in fact that was um, one of my students pushed me again to <laughs> <laughs> offer that <laughs> yeah, yeah I can see why it seems like something that would be invaluable for a it is it is yeah it's an art form and, and because it's also very different uh, in nature than the ongoing coaching conversation. Absolutely. Same as the ending of an engagement session. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, as, you know, we bring this, you know, episode to an end, is there anything else that we need to do to kind of prepare for a session or to really you know, arrive in a session in an authentic place, like you had mentioned before. Is there anything else that comes to mind? I would say that understand your need and the clinging. Mm -hmm. Is it about self-validation? Is it about wanting to get a client? Is it about <laughs> looking great? I mean, whatever it is, right? And um, leave them outside get those needs met, as I always say, outside of the coaching conversations, that includes the beginning of engagement session. And keep this sacred space. Again, people can find that uh, my blog and my website, we can provide a link for that. And um, stay in a healthy distance and allow the person to be who they are and choose or not choose you mm -hmm. and because it's not about people say that they chose against working with me they rejected me these are not supportive language they're not choosing against working with you they are making a choice to work with another being mm -hmm. so I, get coaching if needed <laughs> to be preparing yeah anything else you want to add yeah I think it's such an important point what you said at the beginning you know and you've said it you know since you know you first started mentor coaching me um get your needs met outside 
of the coaching session and not to take it personally. You know, it's not about you. You know, it's about the client and what's best for the client. And also, you know, is it a, a good fit for you? Maybe it was, if it wasn't a good fit for the client, most likely it's not going to be a good fit for you either. And being okay with not being for everyone. Yeah, for everyone's choice, right? For everyone's choice, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And appreciating sometimes it's the best thing that they choose someone else. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anything so, else? No, well, I'm wondering about your upcoming events. Yeah. Um, I'm currently running the neurologic approach to coaching with the um focus on cognitive distortions and NLP, as well as my own methodology, GMRI, Genko Method, Reconstructive Inquiry. Um, the second part of that is going to come in August that I have yet to put it in the upcoming events. Uh, currently, what's on the calendar is the mentor coaching sessions, group mentor coaching sessions, for a uh, month of May, they are open for registration and people can use them towards upgrading their credentials for CEUs as well as required group mentor hours for credentialing upgrades. And um, I have a couple other things that I will be announcing such as um, somatic coach training with the Meridians, Chinese Meridians uh, focused gonna come up but again they are not posted in the website just yet mm -hmm. and uh, thank you for asking that do you wish to share anything in your upcoming events with the audience Marta yeah just one quick question you said mentor coaching sessions for the month of May are right. you also also offering March and April or have those been filled up they are not being offered because of my schedule and um, travels. Okay. So okay. if somebody wants to get in it, they better register now for May. For May. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, so on my end, I've been doing, so I've been doing copywriting guidance for a while now. And now I've discovered that, you know, when it comes to copywriting, one of the things that, that gets in the way is a coach not having clarity on their niche. And so now I'm doing a lot of coaching around niche and helping coaches clarify their niche, who they are and who they want to work with, because it's kind of both those parts that come together. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And um, anything final that you wanted to share with our audience from the chemistry session wise? Um, well, this has been really helpful. I think for me, I think it's going to be really helpful for our audience. And, and I think the biggest thing is just practicing, just doing chemistry sessions and really kind of finding your groove and what works and what feels good. Absolutely. Yes. And, and I want to also say that what we discuss here most uh, applies to the individual coaching engagements we didn't get into intricacies of sponsored engagements mm. yeah. so it will be helpful for audience to know well thank you always uh, as always marta it's been likewise with you and uh, until the next month take care everybody